You're listening to the Remember the Maples Hockey Podcast in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions Sports Media Company and part of the Black and Gold Productions Podcast Network. This show is dedicated to preserve the rich history of the Amesbury Maples ice hockey team originally founded in 1924 and was known as one of the best amateur semi-pro clubs in the United States. Please support the show by following our social media accounts on Facebook by searching Remember the Amesbury Maples page on Twitter at Amesbury Maples and please subscribe to the YouTube channel Remember the Amesbury Maples. If you're a former player or family member willing to be a guest, please send an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Remember the Maples Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to the program on worldwide listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts. I'm your host, Mark Allred, and I'm recording this very first episode on July 5th, 2021 from the Black and Gold Production Studio here in Amesbury, Massachusetts. A little bit about myself. I've been um, a longtime Amesbury resident. I have been in and out of the youth programs, nothing consistent when it comes to hockey, but I've been writing about the Maples hockey team for about five years now, primarily during the National Hockey League offseason as my sports media company covers all levels of the Boston Bruins. This new Remember the Maples project hopefully takes a bigger leap to get this hockey organization more re- relevant for online searches in an effort for future generations to learn more about this team and its members who proudly wore the Kelly green and white jerseys when called upon. So in this first episode, what I'd like to do is talk a little bit about the uh, history of Amesbury before we get into the hockey talk. Amesbury is located in the northeastern part of the state, beautiful area. Uh, predominantly known back in the day and worldwide known for uh, the builders of uh, skilled craftsmanship when it it comes to uh, carriage and sleighs. Uh, The city of Amesbury, town of Amesbury, um, um, had over 30, I think close to 40 uh, companies uh, within its boundaries that produced uh, unbelievable amounts of of carriages and supplied these worldwide. Amesbury was actually the fourth leading area in the country when it came to mass production of carriages and sleighs. A little bit of history with the waterways and so on. Amesbury was known as being one of the very first uh, worldwide, I believe, uh, for the automated nail manufacturer. So technology was moving quick in this in this area so uh others uh quickly picked up on it and um with that being said a lot of the carriages and sleighs as mentioned uh were placed on areas like this like near Patton's pond off of main street some folks now that at our current residents of amesbury will know that this is the area with the um, current post office is so the uh, lock and jewel uh company is a great example to use as as Companies like this would employ many from afar to come down and and use their skills uh, to increase production in what they were doing, whether it be carriages or sleigh manufacturing. And a lot of them were French Canadian. There was a huge, um, great French Canadian migration uh, between 1860 and 1900. And uh, in 1860, there there was uh, an estimated 37,000 French Canadians working um, in New England in, in many different cities in the, uh, in the six state region. 
But in 1900, that number has, was estimated as over 500,000 Canadians made their way down to uh, to find work and uh, for better life for themselves and their family. So um, with that being said, it wasn't really hard for them to bring the game of hockey back in the day, even though it wasn't as, um, as up to speed as it is today. But uh, back then, a lot of the uh, winter activities would, would, would consist around shinny, which was a game that you had, a, you know, if it wasn't a, a vulcanized rubber puck, it was some kind of rock or something that, you know, you played with a stick and, and you, it was more of a keep away game and it could involve 30 to 40 people, you know, anybody could participate. But as the years went on, the game started to evolve and so on. And with these areas like this, um, shop leagues were created. Uh, and with those shop leagues, there was a, um, a plentiful supply of talent when it came to the game of hockey for many members to pick from, um, particularly this gentleman right here. His name is Armand Pudon, and he was the uh, deputy fire chief. And his uh, partner in crime, Emilian Mickey Jutris, um, these two gentlemen created the Amesbury Maples uh, before in the early 1920s when they had the opportunity to go to all these different shop leagues and pick out the talent and, and made a town team. Started off in the, uh, the mid-20s. With that being said, why don't we talk about where players played, the locations through town, and just give you a little bit of the history. Um, and I know I'm missing out a lot of pieces and a lot of information, but what, what I want to do is I want to save most of that stuff for uh, future episodes so I don't get everything into one episode and create a four-hour listen. I can start branching it out and make it multiple. In the 1924-25 season, the uh, Amesbury Maples actually played on a mobile rink. What I mean by that is a rink that can move around to find the best ice conditions. A lot of these uh, look much like this right here in this picture. Uh, the boards were uh, staked with a, a, a steel rebar heated up in like a, a mobile forge and uh, driven into the ice. And this could be done in several locations of Patton's Pond or even another location in town if needed. These could be transported around. Here is a picture of the, uh, the team back in the 1924-25 season. Pretty cool stuff on Patton's Pond. And for those who don't know that location, it's actually right here, like I said, with the post office nearby. Pretty cool stuff. They only lasted one season here, and there was winter carnivals also held here. The town would put on. The reason why it only lasted one season was because ice was very hard to, um, to sustain. In our New England area, uh, the weather could go from 70 degrees one day in January to uh, to 20 degrees the next day. It's absolutely crazy. So they moved their efforts over to the flat area, which was uh, many called the cow fields. The rink was built by Biddle and Smart, and that, that's a carriage company. And this is the location. So they basically go from there to here uh, at the foot of Auburn Street, which is now a playing field for the kids uh, football, lacrosse, and soccer, I believe. Here is another image that I use, uh, pretty much an idea of what you could look at from that location. And here is a team photo from that location at the foot of Auburn Street. So they, they would stay there until the 1929-30 campaign. Um, and then they, they needed, believe it or not, the Biddle and Smart um, 
uh, shop league was being played there. And um, the Maples were welcome to play in that league at first. Um, but then at, after they pretty much went through and, and took all their good players and started their own league uh, team, sorry, that uh, the Biddles and Smart um, Company actually, believe it or not, asked them to uh, find another location because the fact is that the team was so good, they were um, the shop leagues were just getting beat up. So as a as a way of competition, they were asked to 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 move, which was uh, kind of strange. But a new rink needed to be built, and and that came with the the move right downtown in the heartland of of the industry in this uh in this area during that time period in the 1920s and so on um with the uh rink that was at the uh which is now the municipal parking in the milliard area of amesbury so as you can see the red uh, rectangle and the arrow that's approximately where the rink was and here is a picture of the great Alphonse Picard. That's uh, Tammy Picard's father. You guys know Tammy. I'm sure you all do. Or well, many members that are watching this from the area. Um, but you can see in the background there that that's Amesbury Industrial to the to the left. And the building directly behind Mr. Picard is is burnt down. It's gone. And at that you could technically see the Blue Moon Cafe from um, uh, just to give you a, like a landmark. And um, this rink was actually at the back of the original St. Saint, uh, Jean-Baptiste building, which is a uh, uh, French club, one of the few in, in town that's still around. Uh, but this is, here's a picture of the, of the uh, original St. Jean and the old mill. You guys remember that place? Bring back memories. That's uh, where the rink was. And um, here's a picture, a team photo of the, uh, the back of the St. Jean's building, uh, the hall where the rink was. This was an interesting rink. Uh, later on, uh, it would be called the uh, Chiefy Lemoyne Memorial Rink because uh, Chiefy passed away in a hockey accident during practice, got a shot in the face as a goaltender, uh, got an uh, infection in his eye, which ended up killing him. So they named the rink after him. Um, and again, the Maples were so good. Other teams needed excuses to to not play them they would talk a big game but they would come up with oh you know this rule that rule so a lot of the teams that were traveling complained to officials back then that ran these leagues or uh that the the rink was too small because back then rinks were only 150 feet uh long by 85 wide the 200 by 85 really didn't come into till later on but they needed a bigger rink um, so to, to be, to play and to get, be compliant with the rules, they ended up moving again. Uh, they stayed at the, at their rink until the 1943, 44 season. After three full seasons without a home rink, they would move in the, uh, 1947, 48 campaign. They would go all the way to the, which we call the flats in Amesbury right now, which is, uh, Clinton street extension and Southampton road. And uh, very close to Route 150, as you see here in the picture, uh, this this uh, rectangle is pretty much where the the team played their rink. Here's a, an old image of it. it is uh, see the up uh, the upgrade in the hill that is um, what used to be Lock Skeeto back in the day. And here is a team picture 
of that with the the uh, the aluminum or the steel sheets in the back trying to block the wind because it's so flat the wind just rips right through there. And you know what's funny is uh, if you look back at this picture, the the rink is going the long way along those buildings, and those buildings were actually surplus freight cars. Yeah, I believe the town bought them for cheap money, and that's where like uh, they had um locker rooms and places to get concessions you know like hot chocolate and so on and a warming room where they had a stove and stuff so it was it was kind of pretty cool back then but you, you see how it's going the long way there but then you look in later pictures and this was actually a good color picture that the rink's actually going the um you know the other way along the those buildings and here's an here's a better view right here so it's kind of cool how everything shifted around and, you know, you know, the upkeep was getting better because um, there were more available ways to keep ice and, and, and maintain it. So, but after that, um, there was, they needed to move again. I'm not sure exactly why, uh, but in the 1961-62 season, they started playing um, here at the town park. And here it is right here with the high school very close by. And that's our park. And that's approximately where it was. Uh, actually, I do remember walking by this because I uh, graduated in 1994, went to high school, started there in uh, 1990. And I remember walking uh, past the old, the old boards and the old chain link at each end and always wishing that the town would do something to flood it again and bring it back because it was just... You know that was a it was a big rink and it was a sight to see, but it would have been would have been better if I got to actually see a game or skate on that sheet of ice. Uh, for this is that was basically it for like outdoor playing. It just got so hard. Like I keep saying about the New England weather fluctuating so much that you know you'd set a schedule, but you couldn't you couldn't adhere to it because it was more of a a day by day basis. Here's a picture of. Um, Fred Fournier trying to get a second poke at a puck. But look at the boards out back. It's just, geez. I mean, it was rough back then. If you got ridden into the boards, you probably end up walking, uh, skating away with a nail cut or something. But here's another picture, a little action picture from the um, some, some newspaper clippings that I took. And here's the team picture with some names that many folk might might remember. And like I said, after that, it was just, it, it, you couldn't do it anymore. So um, the 1971-72 campaign uh, brought um, a new a new season and uh, a new area. So they moved from the, the Park Pines, which we saw earlier, to this location here, which is now Valiant Industries. But back in, and this is uh, right off of Route uh, 110 and 95 and uh, Merrill Street. But they needed to get inside. They, you know, they needed to do something. So the great uh, folks, um, I know that uh, Joan Hudon was a big part of it. Her family, and along with another family, bought this building right here, made it into a hockey rink. And they, they absolutely did what they needed to do because the, uh, the graph rink, um, there was probably word that the graph rink was coming. So Amesbury needed to get something in place before attention moved to another town. Talk about that later, but they did what they needed to do and, and got inside and, and literally raised the roof to make it, um, accommodable for hockey games and other events. 
And um, all these pictures here are from the Hudon family. Thank you very much, Joan. But another picture of the roof just being raised. It's, it was unbelievable. But that was the pretty much the, the end of a, a home rink in Amesbury. And it's been over 40 years. Um, so a lot of the games that weren't able to be played here in Amesbury went, uh, the Maples went and played in Exeter. They went and played at Frost Arena in Lawrence. Um, they played at Graff Rink many years in Newburyport, and, uh, they continue to play. Um, the, the Maples are still alive, um, as a junior team now, and I'm not sure exactly where they're playing. I believe they're playing out of the, uh, Graff Rink. So, great to keep the, the the dream alive but um it's uh it's some it's very important to me as a hockey fan and a member of this community that we just make a better effort to um get the information out there you know and i i'd like to be able to provide uh a way for that so if folks um if you're a former player you're always welcome to send me an email at black and gold productions llc at gmail.com if you want to come on this program um, and talk about, um, you know, your experience as a player and what it meant to you as a community member, um, and, or if you're a family member that would just like to come on and, and tell a story about about somebody that you knew that played, uh, that's certainly welcome too. It's it's good content because that's what we need. The more content we get, the more avenues um, uh, younger generations can look look up and see and, and, and do the due diligence because this was a, this was an unbelievable team. All the research that I've done, I've just been engrossed in, in how much positive it was in this town and how much development um, meant in this town from the, the inner workings of Albie Roy to start this, this uh, organization as a player. And when he retired, his hands were brought down to, um, you know, Alphonse Picard and the Picard family and those guys all did a fantastic job to, to, you know, give back, you know, whether it be equipment, knowledge, a ride to a pond where practice was being held. And that was, that was the thing back in the day. It's like, you know, you'd gather up a bunch of kids in the back of a, a Albie Roy's red truck and, um, and go find some ice to skate and just stay down there for hours and hours. And, that's all he would do is just give his knowledge and, and how to play the game effectively and how to be a winner. And that's just generations talking right there because it kept going for many years. You know, it went from Albie Roy to Alphonse Picard to Fred Fournia, you know, to George Dodia, to the Leo Dupreys, you know, and, and it's just all those members have just all been handed down generations of knowledge and to be honest, and I don't want to gripe about anything right now, but I mean, pretty much it's, I don't know, it's kind of gone in my opinion. There are leagues and so on, and, and the Amesbury Youth Hockey is doing a fantastic job to keep it keep it going. But the the interest, in my opinion, has not been the same as it was when I was a kid. I, I mean, when I was a kid, it was um, it was so many people were, were trying out and, and making trying to make these teams i mean it was just some sometimes you had to turn away kids for you know purposes but now this the interest is so is not there anymore in my opinion um we can't even get enough players to get a, a high school hockey team together 
And I know that uh, Amesbury and Woodier high schools were working together and so on. Not sure if that's still happening, but there's still no interest there either. And I understand the COVID years and blah, blah, blah. It's it's just sad that that it's not like it used to be. And, and in my opinion, a lot of the folks back in the day, if they knew what was going on today, they'd be rolling in their graves because hundreds of kids were so interested in being a, a part of this, especially during the the uh, you know the Bobby Orr era and when they, when the Boston Bruins were winning cups in 1970 and 72, that just brought on an influx of interest and 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 it hit hard here in this area. That's why uh, you know outdoor rinks were being built. That's why like the Graff Rink was being built by those uh, those state buildings and stuff like that. And many reasons why Joan Hudon probably did the whole rink in Amesbury because she you know she and her family knew that. There was uh, there's going to be an influx of interest, and why not grab it and and keep the dream alive? But I don't know. That's kind of my thing right now. It's just I just want to get more involved in getting the word out about this fantastic organization, and I also want to make a, a real big effort and, and reach out to the community as well. That you know, um, let the people in Eveleth, Minnesota, know about this organization. Like, if you have a family member, write a letter to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. And tell them how how important this was to you and your family. Uh, we need to get more involved. I want I really want to see uh, an area of the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame um, uh, dedicated to the Amesbury Maples and everybody who wore the Kelly green and white, and for the tremendous work, um, not only as an organization and a product on the ice, but what they did for the community and the development of the game year by year. There was uh, there's a huge precedence of that back in the day, and that should not go unnoticed. If you need anything at all, uh, would like to reach out about something, you have uh, pictures or information, please send me an email, uh, Black and Gold Productions LLC at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd like to take that information and use it in some of these projects that I'm going to be doing quite often. Like I said, I, I'm not sure if I did say it, but uh, we're going to have guests. We have former players going to have family members on um, the first guest. I'm going to have Todd McGrath. You know, he, he volunteered pretty much volunteered his time. When I sent him an email and asked him, so I'm going to be getting in touch with him, but I wanted to get the ball rolling on the new remember the maples.com um, website, uh, the YouTube channel, remember the Amesbury maples and this podcast. So it's all going to be related. And I don't know. I'm just kind of, I think it's fun. Uh, I'm a I'm a passionate hockey fan. Like I said, I love my history. I love my city and town, whatever you want to call it. We're just a great community here, and um, and I, I believe that that this area could get better in the hockey interest. I know things are expensive and everything like that, ice time and equipment and stuff like that. But um, we need to provide more avenues of interest. Um, even uh, street hockey rinks or inline rinks, you know, it's a cheap investment for um, for parents who don't necessarily have a ton of money to spend on a hockey program. Uh, you know, you buy an inline skate, some gloves and a helmet. Let's see if the kid likes it from there. If he likes it from there, then move forward. But if he doesn't like it from there, why spend the money on something the kid's not going to like? But we need to have those types of recreation to give the kid an idea. This is what happened so many years ago in Amesbury. Alphonse Picard, George Dodia, Leo Dupree, Albie Roy, 
These guys all brought the kids to these areas in Amesbury so they can gain the interest. I believe we need to do something to get to tap that tap that you know oil field again and and make this area an even better area for, for producing high quality hockey hockey players. Um, and I get that only one percent in the in, in the world make the NHL, but still, we, we had a real good stamp on producing top talent here back in the day, and there's no reason why we still can't do that today. And with that being said. You know, after 40 some odd years, um, Amesbury's getting a rink back. It's happening. It's be it's just a really slow process right now with a lot of the stuff that's going on. Uh, you know, building a new building and 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 locations and so on. It's not an easy thing. So coming out soon is is the uh, the new Maples Crossing, and it's going to be located right here off of South Hunt Road. I'm excited for it. I know a lot of people are excited for it. But it's going to be a great return for Amesbury to have a hockey rink again. But it's not going to be one rink. This facility is massive. It's going to be like six, seven rinks, I think. And this is what I pictured of what it's supposed to look like. This is going to be awesome. And it's so well-deserved. And I think this is another step that we're going to take forward in in that development role. Because uh, Mike Gorman, the project lead, and, and his associates are all driven to to make this uh, this area what it was back in the day. And this is the facility that, that has the potential of doing it. Um, so, you know, it's all hands on deck when it comes to proper development and, and so on. But above all, I think it's very important to have this type of facility in-house, in-house. We're not going to Haverhill anymore. We're not spending money uh, at Newburyport anymore. It's just, you know, you have something here. And I think it's going to be really important for not only development, uh, child development in the game, adult recreation, but the economy around it is going to be great. And I mean, this this has potential of bringing in like $3 million in revenue to the town. So uh, it's a win-win for everybody. You know, it's not just a, it's not just a business scheme or anything like that. It's, it's a, it's a multifaceted idea that that's going to work on several positive aspects in my opinion. So. Uh, with that being said, I, I hope that this was uh, it's a short one, but it's a, you know, hopefully it was informative enough to to let everybody know. Like I said, I do want to I didn't want to tell everything that I have, um, you know, I, notes and stuff like that. I've been taking for the past couple of weeks leading up to this, but uh, I just wanted to get some some of the important information out there just to get uh, folks up to speed about what it was like, where they played. And uh, as we move forward, uh, we'll have interviews with uh, with players, and and the questions will be different. And and um, I'll be uh, doing more research, and you know maybe doing some uh, like a ten minute clip on a certain game or a certain time, certain event, whatever. But um, it's gonna be fun, and I'm gonna enjoy it. So um, thank you very much for tuning in to this first episode of the Remember the Maples Hockey Podcast, and hopefully you come back for more. Um, I'm pretty much going to be doing this on the NHL off season to keep myself busy in my writings and so on. Like I said, reach out if you have anybody, you know, if you want to be a part of it, I'm always available. So uh, thanks again. Uh, Please check us out on Apple podcasts um, and Spotify and please uh, um, check out the YouTube channel and subscribe there too, for uh, some really cool videos that we got coming out. Um, The 
100th anniversary is only two years away, is close to two years away. In uh, 2024, it would be 100 years that the Maples um, were founded. So uh, I want to do uh, some video production of that. And um, so it'll be kind of cool. So like I said, if anybody wants to get involved in this, if you want to write about uh, the Maples, um, I would gladly, gladly take you on to help out. But even if you're not uh, um, the best writer and so on, but you want to share a moment, um, write me a letter and I'll transfer that over to make it into an article if you want to get your your voice heard, if you don't want to do the video and um, and uh, audio uh, send me a letter of a memory and so on, and I'll, I'll post it on the website because it's it's just good content. And the idea is still here to inform, um, to keep people informed. You know, it, we need, uh, I think the Maples and the organization and the memory need to be better, um, better available for our younger generations. I, I keep saying that, but it's important to me. So uh, thank you very much. I am Mark Allred. All right, we will talk soon. Please be safe. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. Uh, I know it rained and now it's, it figures it's Monday and it's sunny. So um, back to work tomorrow. But anyway, thank you very much for tuning in and um, take care.